And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lida. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, indeed. Second day back. <laughs> How's it feeling? <laughs> like, like nothing has changed. It's wonderful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Although one thing has changed. I mean, the sun is brimming much, much stronger on your face, which means it's rising earlier and it's nearing yeah. summer. Yeah. Yeah. How's the weather comparing to Chicago? Oh, you know, the reputation for being a windy city. It's very, very true. It was so tricky. Yeah. Um, I, I just I had the same outfit every day, which were raincoats and windbreakers. Oh, wow. Rainy as well, <laughs> along with the wind. Yes. Oh, well, you know, it reminds me of England. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like home for you. <laughs> yeah. You'll keep saying that. I've lived here for uh, how long now? <laughs> I've become accustomed to the Korean climate now. I think if I go back to the UK... Mm. I'm going to be a tourist and uh, not get used to the weather. <laughs> you know, but I, I feel like that is a major part of your identity. So I'm going to keep saying that whenever there is a reference to tea or the UK or rainy weather, I will come to you. <laughs> no, fun fact, I actually never drank coffee while I was in the UK. I pretty much drank tea all the time and uh, steered away from uh, soda drinks and uh, fizzy drinks and as well. So uh yeah, Korea has made me quite unhealthy, I must say. I think uh, in moderation we're fine, but we digress. We can do this for yeah. hours, but we've yeah. only allocated about 15 minutes for your segment, so we're going to jump right yeah. in. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners, and this is our first pick of the day. Yoon EU talks. So President Yoon has met with EU leaders and agreed to work together to tackle various global challenges, of course, of mutual concern, agreeing to strengthen cooperation to foster peace and stability. Can you tell us the details of the sit down? Yeah, so yet another kind of dip, uh, busy diplomatic schedule for President Yoon, this time meeting with the European Council President Charles Michel and the European Commission President. Uh, Ursula von der Leyen uh, in Seoul. Korea and the EU are marking the 60th anniversary of bilateral ties, and that's when the summit is coming. Now, it was the first in-person summit between the South Korean and EU leaders in five years, and it's also, also the first time in 11 years that two EU presidents are visiting Seoul at the same time. Now, they agreed to establish a strategic dialogue at the foreign ministerial level to enhance cooperation uh, in global peace and security. They launched two new South Korea-EU partnerships in the green and health sectors to better tackle climate change and also to better prepare for health emergencies. They also agreed to develop the existing South Korea-EU uh, digital trade principles to address issues relevant to digital trade, mm -hmm. uh, an open digital economy, and the emergence of unjustified barriers to digital trade. Now, to improve supply chain resilience, they agreed to expand the existing industrial policy dialogue to what's known as a supply chain and industrial policy dialogue with the aim of holding the first uh, so-called SCIPD session within this year. Uh, the three also called on North Korea to cease actions that raise military tensions and return to nuclear talks. They also condemned Russia's war uh, against Ukraine and they also vowed to continue consultations on the EU CHIPS Act, uh, something mm. that is of concern uh, for Korea uh, in light of the US CHIPS Act as well. So the EU has a similar act in place that's been seen as kind of protectionist uh, mm. for the EU when it comes to uh, chip trading. Uh, so 
Of course, Korea is trying to alleviate those concerns by continuing talks regarding that issue. All right, we'll leave it there so we can move on to the follow-up of the G7 summit. Uh, This is also our second keyword of the day. Trilateral meeting. So the leaders of South Korea, the U.S. and Japan are reportedly planning to hold a trilateral summit in Washington this summer. We talked about it yesterday, and this was, of course, proposed by U.S. President Joe Biden. It seems that, uh, well, we have some clues as to when that might just be. What's the latest? Yeah, so we did mention that Joe Biden did invite uh, Yoon Song-yeol and uh, Fumio Kishida to Washington to kind of follow up on their talks. They only had a brief uh, three-way discussion on the sidelines uh, of the G7, so they want to further those discussions. Now, a presidential official told Yellup News that the trilateral summit in Washington could come as early as July. Now, the official added that talks are underway regarding uh, the meeting. Now, a defense ministry official also said that although nothing is for certain, the summit could be uh, in the summer or it could be in the form of a meeting in Washington right before the UN General Assembly in September. So it could be any time between July uh, and September. Now, if the Washington meeting is realized, it will be the first time the leaders of the three nations will be meeting specifically for that purpose and not on the margins of a multilateral uh, or multinational gathering such as the G7. Now, another presidential official said that over the long term, this could develop into a form of shuttle diplomacy between the leaders of South Korea, the US and Japan, rather than just uh, Korea and Japan. Now, the specific timing will be determined based on the domestic political schedules of the three countries, as well as diplomacy schedules of the three leaders as well. So whenever the three have time to meet together, then that timetable will be decided on. Now, the trilateral cooperation between the two, uh, three nations has been steadily gaining momentum in recent years. The shared concerns over North Korea's nuclear ambitions, as well as China's increasing uh, military and economic influence in the region, have prompted the three countries to unite and address these common challenges collectively. And by organizing a trilateral summit, the leaders aim to elevate their cooperation to a new level and explore effective strategies to tackle the pressing issues at hand. Mm. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Rental scam bill. So efforts to provide aid for Chunse fraud victims, a parliamentary subcommittee has passed a bill aiming to help these victims of home rental scams that made headlines uh, recently. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so under the bill, the government will provide interest-free loans to affected tenants for up to 10 years for the portion of the deposits they made. These loans will cover the amount that tenants are entitled to before other priority creditors, such as financial institutions, when the properties they reside in are up for auction or public sale. Now, loans at a low interest rate will be made available for amounts exceeding the specified limit. The special bill targets victims whose deposits do not exceed 500 million won. Now, tenants residing in properties purchased through what's known as uh, gap investment or captuja in uh, Korean are also covered uh, by the bill. These are basically real estate transactions typically uh, involving deposits that's, that are uh, equivalent to around 90% of a property's value. There's been some controversy in that particular type of investment uh, as well in Korea, but that's another issue altogether. Now, the bill also helps cover 
70% of the legal fees tenants have to pay when uh, trying to buy homes that were put up for auction uh, or public sale. Now, the special bill is expected to pass through a plenary session uh, on Thursday. Now, the bill, however, is not being welcomed by the victims. They say it still lacks enough support for them and has too many loopholes that could be taken advantage of. Mm. Uh, they also say that interest-free or even low-interest uh, loans can never be a remedy for the damage uh, they have faced. Of right. course, um, if we remember these uh, tons of scams or rental scams, they've led to a few people taking their own lives because of the kind of overwhelming burden they had to face uh, of not getting their deposits back. It is a deposit-based rental system. Mm. Uh, a lot of fraud and scams where people are just, uh, landlords are basically stealing their deposits uh, have become a recurring issue in Korea for some time now. But it made headlines recently because of this whole uh, issue that's been concentrated in uh, Incheon, mm. uh, specifically this uh, rental or uh, king that's uh, mm. been um, a bit of a center of controversy mm. uh, lately. So, yeah, the victims aren't really happy with this uh, new bill, but uh, it is uh, some uh, support measures coming out from the government nonetheless. Nonetheless. Nonetheless, indeed. Uh, it seems the victims are asked the government to cover at least 20% of their chance deposits, so that Tucker War will likely continue. As for fundamental solutions to the problem at hand, that conversation seems to be equally important, too. Mm. All right, let's turn our attention to our fourth keyword of the day. Asset disclosure. So another parliamentary subcommittee has approved a proposal to amend the country's Public Service Ethics Act to include, furthermore, virtual assets, including cryptocurrency. Can you tell us the details of this bill? Sure. Now, currently, uh, government officials or highly uh, high office elected officials must report stocks, bonds, uh, jewelry, uh, gifted memberships and other holdings worth more than one million Korean won. But no such disclosure is required for digital assets like cryptocurrency. Now, the proposal comes in the wake of a, a scandal involving the former Democratic Party lawmaker Kim Nam-guk. Now, Kim's been accused of cashing out more than $4.5 million in cryptocurrency last year ahead of a change in the law that would have limited such activities. Now, Korean lawmakers have engaged in a flurry of activities surrounding the regulation of cryptocurrencies and related assets since last uh, year's collapse of Luna and mm. the Terra blockchain. Now, this includes a sweeping cryptocurrency regulatory package proposed last month that would seek, the, uh, seek to impose harsher penalties for related crimes. There have also been growing calls from the public for more transparency in public servants' holdings of virtual assets. Now, the revision is expected to go through the Parliamentary Legislation and Judiciary Committee Tomorrow, it's expected to be submitted for a final vote in a plenary mm. session um, on Thursday. So mm. it looks like the uh, parliament is actually doing some work. For a <laughs> <laughs> in light of a high profile scandal, let's be honest. Now, yeah. according to World Bank, I just got curious as to see you know, how many countries actually require asset disclosure. And more than 150 mm. countries around the world have introduced asset disclosure requirements for public servants. Mm. But majority of them yet to have actually include the virtual asset aspect of it. So it's mm. relatively new, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> I mean, this whole cryptocurrency business, uh, the trading of it has yeah. uh, certainly 
taken a lot of headlines in recent years. But when it comes to legislation, it's a bit of a gray area because mm. uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of difficult to regulate because it is a decentralized currency in exactly. itself. And uh, so that's why, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions in gray areas that need to be filled. But uh, mm. uh, it's an effort. Nonetheless, uh, it is a start. So we'll have to see what other kind of regulations uh, come out from it. Of course, people who trade in cryptocurrencies won't be happy that their decentralized assets are being regulated. But of course, uh, that is uh, going to be an ongoing debate, isn't it? That's right. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. No extra budget. So Finance Minister Chu kyung has again ruled out another extra budget and says Korea is not decoupling from China when it comes to economic relations. Care to elaborate? Mm. Yeah, so he said a forced, uh, forced budget appropriation due to tax revenue shortfalls uh, is not under consideration. He's basically repeating mm-hmm. comments that he's made uh, before. I think it was a, a month or two earlier that he made similar comments. And he said during that time that uh, tax income is far from enough for the first half uh, of this year. So he's basically saying that there's still enough money for the government to spend uh, on people's livelihoods. And he also said he'll look at funds left over from last year and avoid raising taxes that puts more burden uh, on the public. Of course, people are already strained when it comes to inflation and high living costs at the moment already. Uh, In response to a question, uh, meanwhile, about the government's economic policies being centred on the US, he dismissed the notion of decoupling from China. Now, he stressed the significance of Beijing as Seoul's most important partner for economic collaboration, uh, now, Korea has long pursued, of course, as we all know, economic ties with China. It has also relied on the security commitment from the United States. So there's always been that question uh, that Korea is always stuck in the middle and it's uh, having to do this delicate balancing act. Um, and it has recently come under scrutiny, especially under the UN administration, as Seoul strengthens its uh, economic security with Washington. Uh, So people have raised questions, well, does that mean that Korea is kind of steering away from its relations with China? Because, of course, the US and China are in a kind of tense uh, battle over uh, economy and trade. Now, uh, Chu emphasized that efforts to strengthen relations with the United States should not be misconstrued as a disregard uh, for China. So basically, Seoul still thinks that China is a very important trading partner. Uh, Meanwhile, he expressed uh, optimism that Korea's trade balance would improve after this month. He also expected a gradual recovery of tax revenue later this year following an overall economic uh, recovery, hence why he's alleviating concerns of a shortage of tax income to Mm. be spent uh, on welfare and uh, whatnot. All right, so downplaying those existing concerns for now. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.